What is? What is? What is? What is biblical counseling? Biblical counseling will grow you from brokenness to wholeness. I think I just got an epiphany. That's something I guess I'd never really stopped to consider. This is like deep. I never thought about it. It's mind blowing to me. I don't know if I've ever had anybody put it that plainly. I haven't really looked at it that way before. Yeah, that just sounds cool. That just now came to me. This is Transformed. And now your host, Assistant Professor of Biblical Counseling at the Masters University and Certified Biblical Counselor, Dr. Greg Gifford. Welcome back to Transformed. My name is Dr. Greg Gifford, and it is a privilege to be your host. And it's a privilege to be talking about parenting. The P word. Ooh, all right. This is our third episode talking through parenting. And I have never covered any of our parenting stuff so far on the TV series, on this show. And so now I'm, I'm wanting to just give you guys an introductory group of episodes to parenting and parenting plans. So this is our third one. I would encourage you to actually listen to them sequentially. So you should be able to go back to number one and number two. So number one, we talked through the idea of what is our primary goal and then key definitions in parenting. So remember, we want to honor the Lord personally, and then we need key definitions about obedience. What is an appeal? Uh, what is a warning? Last episode, episode number two in this series is our priorities in parenting. And I talked about personal holiness meaning that you and I must personally be committed to honoring Jesus, and then we are committed to marital unity. And uh, if we are going to follow that order, then that means that there's no child-centered home, that our children shouldn't bring division between our marriage, that we are committed to each other as husband and wife or wife and husband, and we're doing our best to represent a united front to our kids. So today, we're going to get into some of the nuts and bolts, which are parenting plans. So today's episode, I really want to focus on some of the mechanics of parenting that should overflow from the things that we have established so far. So I don't think you should get to the mechanics of parenting, first of all, if you're not unified in your marriage. Uh, uh, Dr. Gifford, no! Uh, No, and all seriously, the mechanics of parenting, they really aren't going to be super helpful to you if you and your spouse aren't in agreement. So if you and your spouse don't agree on your expectations, which is an issue of unity, then by the time we talk about how long is your child going to be grounded for? It, it's a moot point. So you really have to start with the order that I've provided. Clear definitions, goals, priorities, personal holiness in your priorities, and then marital unity. But usually if you can get on the same page and at least make a commitment to working together, then we need to get down into the nitty gritty. We got to talk about the actual mechanics of what we're going to say and what we're going to do. So I want you to think of this episode as introducing a parental plan And uh, grab your Bible, go over to Ephesians 6. So I'm going to use the idea of a parenting plan. I may also call it a plan of discipleship uh, because that's what we're trying to do. This isn't just uh, an agreement between a tenant and a landlord. Hey, 13-year-old, rent's due. Uh, That's not what we're trying to establish with our parenting plans. What we're trying to say is, hey, these are all means of us fulfilling Ephesians 6 with you. So Ephesians 6 verse Four says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Sometimes when we hear discipline, we automatically associate that with you're in trouble, so we discipline you. Uh, but, uh, but think of discipline here more as a training for living. You're equipping them, you're teaching them how to live, you're, you're teaching them independence, you're teaching them godly character. That's the training. Some of us, we raised ourselves. Unfortunately, we didn't have a lot of training and a lot of help from our parents, you know, that you just kind of learn by mistake. 
and it was a sink or swim type of scenario. Now, that's not what Ephesians 6, 4 is calling us to do is to say, hey, baby birdie, you're nine years old. You either get a job or you get out of here. Uh, no, there is very much a, a discipline, a training for life, a training for the daily practicalities of life. The next term there says discipline and instruction of the Lord. The instruction could be translated as admonishment. And some of you have memorized it in the discipline and admonishment of the Lord. Uh, when we think about admonishment or instruction, just think of a correction. And usually that's a correction from improper conduct. So when we talk about a correction here, there are times as a parent when you do need to correct and you do need to discipline and you do need to restore back. There are going to be consequences to wayward behavior when you're living in our home. And if we call that discipline, if we call that the rod, uh, those are consequences. And yes, that's part of our responsibility as parents. So if a child can live in our home, think when I say child, think 18 and under. If a child can live in our home and there are no consequences to their wayward conduct, then we are not doing what Ephesians 6.4 has told us to do. So we got to be very careful here. Uh, what is it that we need to do? We need to raise our children in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. So I want to get into some of the mechanics of what this looks like. Remember, I've given you a couple of resources throughout the series so far. The first was Shepherding a Child's Heart by Ted Tripp. Remember, Paul Tripp is his brother. Ted is the one that really has written the book on parenting. And I would encourage you to look at this book. You can find it on transformed.org. Uh, that is Shepherding a Child's Heart. The next that I want to talk about is developing a parenting plan. And you can also go on transform.org and find this one-page Word document. So you'll see the other homework assignments I've used throughout counseling on the TV series. And I really would like you to find this example of a parenting plan. Because in a parenting plan, what we're going to do is we're going to begin to develop what we as a family, meaning husband and wife, what we expect of our children. Singular, like this is going to be adapted per child. And in the general categories of our parenting plan, what we're going to do is formally articulate our expectations, the expectations for our child, and then we are going to identify blessings that correspond to that and consequences that, that are a result of you dishonoring or disobeying. So what do I mean by that? Well, the blessing is going to correlate to chapter 6, verse 2. It says, honor your father and mother, speaking to children. This is the first commandment with promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. One of the results of a child being obedient to their parents and honoring them, and I am saying child, I know that for some of you that represents a two-year-old and for others that represents a 17-year-old, but each are going to obey and honor in their own capacity and in their own ways. When we speak of our children, honoring and obeying is their responsibility before the Lord. And that is something that brings about good for them. Verse three, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Obedience and honoring your parents for children is their best interest. It does them well. When you obey a godly parent and you honor them, it is good for your own soul. At a young age, it saves your life at times. Your parents say, hey, don't run in a parking lot. And then a car comes zooming by and you think, there it is. There's some immediate good that will help you live a long and fruitful life. And as you grow older, it's less of life skills and it's more of learning how to submit to authority, learning how to humble yourself, learning how to do something even if you disagree with it. So your 15-year-old doesn't need help walking through the parking lot. 
but they do need to learn how to submit themselves to authority. And that in and of itself is going to preserve them. It's going to help them and bless them. So when we talk about honoring, obeying, there are blessings that correspond to that. So let's say it in a converse way. And this is part of what Ted Tripp brings out in his book as well. When you dishonor and you disobey, there are going to be consequences and discipline that will bring you back to a place of honoring and obeying. So if you have a wayward child right now, that 11-year-old that, that you're wrestling with, uh, not physically, hopefully, that you're wrestling with in arguments, uh, defiance, that there are going to be consequences that they need to experience, not for the sake of punishment, but for the sake of restoration. You see, the goal of our consequences and discipline is that we would restore a child back, but back to what? Well, we're restoring them back to honoring and obeying. And when our children are honoring and obeying, life is good for them. We're going to bless their socks off. We're going to help them. We want them to thrive. But when our children are dishonoring and disobeying, their life is going to be hard. The way of the transgressor is hard, Proverbs 13, 15. That this is intentional. We are going to design consequences so that it's uncomfortable for you. The uncomfortable discipline should bring a wayward child back. Come back to the goodness of obedience and honoring. Come back to the path of joy and satisfaction. So these big categories are identifying expectations and those expectations, then when they are fulfilled, there is a blessing. And when those expectations are not fulfilled, there is a consequence. So even on this one-page document that you'll see, there are going to be three categories, expectations, blessings, and consequences. That is the plan in general. So what are we doing as a couple, as a husband and wife or wife and husband? What are we doing? Well, we are sitting down and we are developing age-specific plans for our children. And what does that mean practically? That for our nine-year-old, we have a different expectation than we would for our 15-year-old. And for our 15-year-old, we have different expectations than we do for our three or four-year-old. That our plans of parenting are tailored to our individual children and our expectations of our individual children. They may overlap to a certain degree, but they are going to be nuanced based off the age, the maturity, the giftedness, the character of each child. So however, however many children the Lord has gifted you with right now, whether it's one or you're preparing for one or whether you have three, four, five, I do want you to think of your parenting plans as something that is going to be tailored to the individual children. So we need to take a short break. When we come back, I want to pick up with these categories. And then we're going to start with number one, with our expectations and what we are actually driving at in our parental expectations. So we'll be right back. All right. And as we head into this break, I wanted to take a couple of minutes today and highlight a resource that can give you some very, very helpful insight into biblical parenting. Now, now throughout the parenting series, you've heard Dr. Gifford plug Ted Tripp's excellent book, Shepherding a Child's Heart. I also highly recommend that book. But today I want to also recommend, maybe you can even call it a companion to Shepherding a Child's Heart. It's Drive-By Biblical Parenting featuring Todd Friel and the aforementioned Ted Tripp. It's an audio resource which contains 31 parenting lectures that can help you more fully understand why you and your child both behave the way that you do. It's super helpful and you're going to hear over seven hours of practical biblical parenting wisdom just like this. So I'm an authority, but I'm an authority who is gracious and kind. I'm an authority who is exercising authority, not just to please me, but ultimately to please God and to represent God's graciousness to my child. 
So I highly recommend you head over to transform.org and pick up Drive-By Parenting with Todd Friel and Ted Tripp. And don't forget to pick up the study guide while you're there too. Take your family, your small group, a Sunday school class, the teachers at your child's school, whoever. Take them through Drive-By Parenting. It's available now at transform.org. Oh, and while you're there on our website, I also want to bring your attention to the fact, and of course, I know you know this, but it takes a village to produce resources like Transform, Wretched, Road Trip to Truth, and all of the others that we've been fortunate enough to produce over the years. And that's where you come in. Your support helps us continue creating resources and helps us put those resources into the hands of believers and unbelievers all over the world. Would you consider joining our efforts to reach millions with the gospel by becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner? You can find out all of the details about what it would look like in your life to do that right now at transformed.org. And and speaking of resources, while you're there at transformed.org, let me also introduce you to a must have resource for anyone who wants to jump into the arena of biblical counseling. Bless you for that because we desperately need more biblical counselors in our churches. The Peacemaker by Ken Sandy. It is a comprehensive guide to biblical conflict resolution and peacemaking. One of the things that he says, and it's basically the theme of the entire book, is peacemaking does not always pacify. It corrects when necessary, but Christ's love compels us to seek peace. And peacemaking isn't avoiding confrontation. Sometimes it's actually engaging in confrontation, but from a biblical perspective. It's a truly beneficial book for every Christian, but especially those of you considering jumping into the world of biblical counseling. The Peacemaker by Ken Sandy. You can find it at transformed.org. And now let's get back to Dr. Gifford as he continues to discuss biblical parenting. This is Transformed. Welcome back to Transform. We have a tendency to let our feelings be the engine that drives our lives. And when we do, despair is soon to follow. And now your host, Dr. Greg Gifford. Okay, welcome back. Jimmy, thank you again, sir, for all of your help and good resources. I've said it uh, throughout our show today and in the past that, you know, I can Amazon something and it be here tomorrow by lunch. I just don't always know what resources to trust. And so I would encourage you to go to transform.org and see the resources that you can trust. We have an awesome team that will get those to you quickly, or maybe it's resources for your church, Sunday school, whatever that is. Uh, Yes, go check out transform.org. So back to parenting plans. Here are the mechanics. If you were to reach out to me for parenting help and counsel regarding your wayward teenager, I would actually say, okay, first of all, we cannot start with a parenting plan. That's usually what a family wants, just to be candid. They'll say, hey, my 14-year-old, he's rebellious. Life's getting more difficult. He's argumentative and so forth. Can you give us like a pill that heals him and changes his rebellious heart? Do you have a document that uh, we can give him? Is there some verse that we can slap on this situation and make it all better? And I'll usually say, no, there's not. We actually have to start with some of the basics, which is what we've done in this series. Let's make it our goal to honor the Lord. Let's ensure that our marriage is a priority. And then let's get into the mechanics of parenting. So now we are in the mechanics of parenting. We're talking about our plans. So I need to emphasize something for you uh, because in counseling, I've had a couple of families raise this as a question and concern. So let me emphasize age-specific plans. An age-specific plan means that you're thinking about your child according to the general like grouping of ages that they're in. Uh, generally, our daughters are going to be a little bit more intellectually mature than our sons. And at an earlier age, they're even going to hit puberty and, and just 
kind of mature in a fast track. Some of our boys are a little bit slower behind on the physical development and even just some of things like cognition. And it seems like an ability to track intellectual capabilities. You really notice that like fourth, fifth, sixth grade, right in that range where the girls, they're a foot taller than the boys in fifth grade. So you may even think about tiering these towards your daughter as opposed to your son in just maturity levels that correspond. So not every 10-year-old, for instance, will be at the same maturity level. So do think about age-specific plans. So for instance, a plan that you develop for your two to five-year-old should be different from your 10 to 13-year-old. And a plan that you develop for your six to 10-year-old should be different from your 16 and up year old. So 16 and up, it would be kind of weird if you were like, hey, if you don't listen, then dad is going to spank you and the child is bigger than the dad. And you're like, uh, hang on now, uh, I'll get you to the ground. Hang on, I, I'm going to spank you here in a second. We do recognize that there are discipline that will work for your 17-year-old and will not work. And so think of an age-specific plan. So start by differentiating between the age of your children and then begin to say, all right, I have a six to 10-year-old, I have something like that. And generally the consequences and blessings and expectations are going to be somewhat similar for that age. And if we want to tear it even smaller, go for it. But age-specific plans. So what is the first thing that we're going to expect of our children? This is going to be driven by godly character traits. This is characteristics. This is who we want them to be as people. So it transcends this exact task that we want them to do, but rather it's going to be more of who is the person we want you to become. When I say it that way, when you become a godly person, we don't have to tell you to get your homework done. You get your homework done. That's your personal responsibility. When you are a godly person, we don't have to tell you to be honest. You are honest because you have integrity. So I want you to think about some of the expectations that we have as children, or excuse me, that we have as parents toward our children. Think about it like we are driving not at just the accomplishment of this task, but we're driving at godly character. That's the first thing. That's our first expectation. Why do we want you to be honest? Because we want you to be a person of integrity that honors the Lord in their personal integrity. Great. So don't lie to me and tell me you got your homework done when you didn't get it done. Why? Well, it's not because I just want you to get your homework done. It's because I want you to honor Jesus Christ in your personal integrity. So what's our number one expectation? Christ-like character with specific expressions. Character traits with specific expressions. All right, for most of us, we have children that are in school to a certain degree. And it's like, I don't know where it is. It's like around third grade where you actually get homework. Fourth grade, fifth grade, you actually have things that start to go home with you. And then now all of a sudden we have students that are at school all day and then they come home and they have actually a little bit of homework to get done before they are free for the day. All right, what is our expectation of you? Well, we don't want to hound you. We don't want to harass you. I don't want to arm wrestle you to complete your homework. So our expectation is that you get your homework done. Come home, take a short break, grab a snack, get your homework done. When you get your homework done, what is the character trait that we are driving at? Well, it's something like this. We want you to be hardworking. We want you to work hard. We don't want you to be lazy. You can't watch TV all day. You can't watch YouTube all day. Like you actually need to do something with your life. Get it together. We want you to be hardworking. That's the character trait. So industriousness, hardworking. Or we might say taking initiative is the character trait. So why do we want you to get your homework done? Because we want you to take initiative and to get your stuff done and not be told you need to get it done. So character that undergirds the specific expectation. Character is being hardworking. You're industrious. And then the specific expression and the specific expectation is that you're going to get your homework done. Okay, this begins to set the stage for us now. Usually you're going to have your top three, four areas where you need to really clarify what your expectations are for your children. 
Some of you, you like you hate the iPads, you hate the video games. You reminisce about the days when people were like Davy Crockett and could just roam with their BB gun through neighborhoods. More power to you. Uh, where I live, if I were to set my sons loose with BB guns in the streets, I'd go to jail. They'd go to jail. I'd owe a lot of money for broken windows and so forth. I just live in a very suburban area. So the free ranging Davy Crockett style doesn't work. So I actually have to tailor my expectations to some of what's realistic for my children. And I can't say, guys, go roam the neighborhood and be free like I did. All that to say, if I don't like electronics, then I need to clarify my expectations about the way they use electronics. Or if I don't like the way that they're speaking, I need to clarify my expectations about the way that they are speaking. Uh, Obvious things like curse words or disrespectful tone or anything that would come across as lewd or dishonoring to the Lord. Like that's an expectation about communication. Uh, Some of you have the blessed joy of having children that now have cell phones and you're having to help teach them. Okay, this is dinner time. So I expect that you will put your phone down for a second or you're going to bed. So please don't be on your phone all night and staying up talking to your friends. So those are expectations that you need to have. When your children are younger, usually it's going to be things like, hey, when I tell you that you need to come to me, you need to come to me. When your children are younger, it's going to be things like, hey, whenever I say that you can't have that, you can't fall on the floor and start screaming and flailing and pretending like you're having a disobedient seizure right now, that's not acceptable behavior. So you're, you're clarifying your expectations for your kids. And normally there's three or four that are your top expectations. Usually those are the points of disagreement. My two cents, and this is just counseling wisdom, pastoral wisdom that I would share with you. If you develop 20 expectations, it's super difficult to maintain your parenting plan. But you need to develop your top expectations, your top reasons, like what are maybe even the top friction areas in your relationship with your kids. Let's start with those three to five goals. And then from those expectations, we want to identify the character trait that is associated with our expectations. So if you need to work on the child who's like flailing on the ground because they didn't get their Snickers bar, what's the character trait that you're driving at? Uh, Self-control, perhaps. Learning to die to yourself when you don't get what you want. Great. So we expect you to exhibit self-control. If you do that, there are blessings. If you do not do that, there will be consequences. But either way, we're not going to scream on the floor when we're standing at our grocery store because you didn't get the Snickers bar. So identify your top three, four expectations. Now, listeners, some of you are like, yeah, of course you do this. You would be surprised how much drama is created in our families because mom and dad have never sat down to do this. (laughs) You may be like, Dr. Gifford, this is obvious stuff. I don't disagree with you. I've never met a family that was like, hey, this doesn't make sense. This is whack. But I've met almost every parenting drama, almost every parenting drama. I can't recall one off the top of my mind where this was not true, where there are just unclear expectations. And mom and dad, they love each other. They're good people, but they've never sat down to formally clarify. So then what happens is your child just doesn't know. They begin to kind of like go at the easy parent and avoid the hard parent, and it's creating all this drama. Listeners, by just stopping for a second and as a couple identifying your expectations, it's going to create clarity for your children. And almost all of the parenting breakdowns that I have seen are instances where a family has not sat down and clearly identified what they expect of their child. So it's not rock and science, but it is one of those disciplines that many of us have just failed to implement. We know it's a good idea, but we haven't followed through with it. Step one, parenting mechanics. Let's identify our expectations of our children. And that's going to correspond to character and a specific expectation that is an overflow of that character trait. All right, so we got to be done for today. But in sum, with your parenting plans, where are we starting? Character traits, specific expectations. 
When we come back in our next episode, I'm going to finish with identifying blessings and consequences that will correspond to your expectations, age-specific blessings and consequences. So when your child is dishonoring and disobedient, what are the consequences and disciplinary mechanisms you will use? And when your child is honoring and obeying, what are the blessings that they should experience because of being fruitful, honoring the Lord, honoring you as their parent? So make sure you join us for that last episode. So let me pray for us and we'll be done for today. Lord, I come to you and certain homes right now are just in total chaos. I pray that you would be with those parents, that they would first of all get on the same page and seek to honor you. Their children's disobedience is somewhat their fault. And we got to be candid about that. Lord, I, I pray next for another type of family where it's not that there is a total chaos, but mom and dad are frustrated with each other. Feels like mom is on the children's side and dad is kind of put in this corner of being the hard or difficult one. I pray for that family, that you would help sync them up, that the marriage would be a priority and that the parenting plan would just be an expression of a couple's love for each other. Lord, there are some of us where it's just been a while and we need to kind of refresh our expectations. Things are starting to get a little tense in our home. And it's partly because we've never sat down in recent time, recent months to say, hey, this is what we need to be doing as a family. Here are our expectations and here's what's going to happen. So Lord, I just ask that you would use this series to prompt some of that, that it would bring peace to homes, clarity to some of our children. But most of all, that you would be honored in this, Lord. And, and you are honored in families that love you and want to be more like you. So help us to do that. Help us to be effective parents for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been Transform with Dr. Greg Gifford, a production of Gospel Partners Media. Our website, of course, is transformed.org, and it is your central hub for finding in-depth information on all things transformed. If you've enjoyed Transform with Dr. Greg Gifford, consider subscribing and sharing with your friends and church family. Also, would you prayerfully consider joining this labor of love by becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner? And until next time, go serve your king. 